races Cause on the 9th of June 1862 On a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's And she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to episode 73 of CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxell. Uh, you can give me a follow on Twitter at NFC underscore Greg. And this is our very first season preview, well, not season preview, match preview podcast for the 2019-2020 Premier League season. And we are joined by the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Mm, yes, I'm here. I exist. Fresh off some dinner that I made. Yes, I can cook. And if you want cooking lessons, uh, go to YouTube. Or follow me on Twitter, at Elijah underscore Newsom for all the hottest takes and uh, tweets about sweet tea. Oh, love sweet tea. Yeah, uh, they don't have that in England, actually. Fun yeah, fact. they need to get that. They need to get oh, that. Oh, they do. We yeah. already know that everyone in England loves sugar, so why not just give them and, sweet tea? And Taco Bell. It should be at Taco Bell, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, give us a follow on Twitter, which I mentioned earlier, at CHN underscore radio. And follow our main account at Coming Home NUFC. And check out our website, ComingHomeNUFC.com, uh, for all your best Newcastle United news. And guys, the season's here. This is our preview of Arsenal. I can't believe it. Uh, so we're going to have our breakdown of some of the club news that's happened in the meantime, since our last podcast, and we will dive right into what to expect on Sunday for our first match of the season, once again against another North London side. So this should be a good one. All right, Elijah, are you there? Yeah, I, cool. you just said my name. So. Um, the transfer window, so we're, we're recording this. Um, it is Thursday morning British time. It's... Wednesday night Eastern time, and it's Wednesday evening Pacific time. You're welcome. Um, so tomorrow at 5 p. British time, it will be the end of the transfer window. We have Ooh. a player that we're winning to, and maybe some players that might be out of here. Uh, Emil Kraft. What do you know about mm. him? Well, I do know uh, he's not Antonio Barreca. There was a, a couple people asking me, what's this bloke like? Is he like Barreca? No, because Emil Kraft is a key player. He starts um, pretty much every game he plays in, and he also is a Swedish international, so he's a right back. Um, he's a guy who probably would, if not already, take over, one of the, take over the starting right back position. Uh, I mean, depending on what Steve Bruce wants. If he wants just pace, I guess your guy is DeAndre Yedlin. But if you want a little bit of skill and some decent defending, Emil Kraft seems like seems like the real deal. Yeah, they're they're both very different right backs, right? So it, it depends on yeah. what you're looking to, to to get done. So to give you a little background on the player, he's 25 years old. As Elijah mentioned, he's from Sweden and Swedish international. Um, so he played in his native Sweden for Oster and Helsingborg, and he left there in 2015 after four years. And he was sold to Serie A side Bologna, 
like the Bolognese you just had, Elijah. Um, mm-hmm. He was loaned to Amiens in the 2018-19 season, and that switch became permanent about a month ago uh, for 1.8 mil. So he's only been a permanent player at Amiens for a month. <laughs> um, so he, he played for Sweden, U19, U21 level, um, and he made his first cap in 2014 with the senior team and also played in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah, he's got like 20-something caps for Sweden, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Really cool. He's been, yeah, arguably a tougher team to get caps in than U.S. men's national team, considering DeAndre Yedlin's circumstances of being like, for a while, one of like the only right, one of the only right backs in like all of American soccer that was somewhat competent. So he's got some competition now, but it's just interesting. Even you compare the two, it's like you can't just go based off of international appearances alone and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I don't know. It should be interesting. I'm I'm excited for the potential of this move and how it shakes things up. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So let's move on to some other things, and, and we'll let we'll hit you with an emergency pod if that should become something that happens. Um, stay tuned on that. Um, some some so there's rumors of, of some departures. So initially, you would think like one of Yedlin or Mankio would be departing. I would think if Kraft is the player that we bring in. Um, I don't think so. I do because we're keeping Sterry, uh, and I think I think tomorrow there's going to be an announcement for a loan deal on Jamie Sterry, and I think it's going to be a championship side. I yes, I will see more about that. But I think keeping Sterry, we're not going to keep four right backs. Um, no, here. But here's my thing. Here's my thing, and this is this is this is how I'm I'm going through the mind of Steve Bruce, looking at Javi Mankio. Let's not forget that his first appearance for Newcastle was at left back. And before he was pretty much called upon to take over DeAndre, DeAndre Yedlin's spot, he was he was used as a backup left back uh, when Dummett went down initially and all that kind of stuff before we switched formations. And then, of course, it got to the point where we had Henry Saive playing left back and all that stuff. So I think that he's going to be our backup left back. And Dummett is going to be in a in a center back role in Steve in Steve Bruce's system, because I don't think he sees Dummett as being having the pace in order to get up and down the left hand side. I think Jetro Willems is our starting left wing back, left back. But I think Mankio sticks around because he can play either side. And I don't know. I just I just ha- it's a gut feeling because realistically, there's not much to separate Mankio and Yedlin, but. I don't know. I just I don't know if Steve Bruce is considering Mankio fully a right back. Whether he wants to use him as both fullbacks, we'll see. Yeah, um, it's a hot take. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see on that. I think I think it means one of them is probably out of here. But some other in that case, that I think it's going to be Mankio. Just saying. Yeah, I, I because agree with DeAndre that. Edlin's not healthy as well. But still, yeah. that's a different story. Anyway, as you um, some. It's it's anticipated that also we're going to see some players go on loan. So I mentioned Jamie Sterry. Some other names just to um, put on the radar, and we've already talked about one of them, Javier Manquillo. I think a departure, if a departure doesn't happen, I definitely see a loan deal happening with Javier Manquillo. And I actually would argue that it's probably more likely that uh, if anything's going to happen, it's going to be a loan deal. Some other names to keep in mind is Rolando Ahrens, 
Siren Clark, Jack Colback, Dwight Gale, Akraf Lazar, Jacob Murphy, Henri Save, the Danish Prince, Elias Sorensen, and as I also mentioned previously, Jamie Sterry. Um, thoughts on any of those? Yeah, uh, I'd be a little surprised. I think Dwight Gale is a potential loan move, but it did appear that there were some there were some rumors floating around. NFC three sixty was was putting this out there, and they cited their sources that there were bids rejected for Dwight Gale. So I don't know if that was a Steve Bruce didn't want to sell a striker without a replacement, or if that's a Steve Bruce sees Dwight Gale as someone in his plans. Or if like that means that they're trying to do a loan, but uh, there was rumors of a couple championship clubs who wanted to buy Dwight Gale. I don't know if it was the asking price wasn't met or whatever the reason was. So that's one name to keep keep in the back of your head, especially because Newcastle's right now have only three strikers, and two of two out of the three strikers you could say the general public aren't too high on. If you listen to our our, uh, our season preview, you'd know that we kind of both think Muto could have a breakout year given the circumstances. But then again, that's relying on kind of Muto getting this opportunity and having to play a lot and then performing well. So it's a lot to rely on. So I, I think Dwight Gale is one to, to, that could potentially stay. And then I'm interested to see where Sorensen goes with this loan manager of ours. Um, I'll give I'll give our loan manager some credit. Uh, loaning Freddie Woodman to a championship side where he was starting every single match was pretty solid decision. Um, well, and, I didn't uh, know that he would be starting, but it turns out he, you know he started the first game at least. So, um, I but I mean the way that they were talking about it, the way the Chronicle was talking about it, it was like the, one of the only reasons Freddie Woodman agreed to it was because he was promised that he would be starting mm-hmm. most matches, if not every match. So, I mean, fair play to Shola for I guess. I don't really know what Shola's really done, but no I, one knows I, what what he does. <laughs> I guess we'll give him credit for that. I mean, but yeah. So, but if he if there are more deals like that where it makes sense and your your the priority is getting the player playing time, then I'm excited to see where the likes of Sorensen goes. I mean, I'm not really I'm kind of done with Starry, but Sorensen I'm excited to see where it goes or if he stays. Who knows? Yeah, I would I would love to see him on loan with a legit club. I would lo- actually love to see him go back home on loan. And play for a top tier side in Denmark. Yeah, in Denmark, that would be awesome. Um, I want to. I want him to get that experience. It'd be really cool for a top five side where they're also playing in the Europa League. Maybe you get an appearance or two out of him there. That would be or Turkey. Pretty nice. No, I don't want him to go to Turkey. Why? I like Turkey. It's good on Thanksgiving. Haha, <laughs> the Euro week. Yeah, there we go. Some outbound loan rules, um, just to update everybody. So loan moves to the championship. So if a Newcastle player went to the championship, they have to be completed by the end of the transfer deadline. So 5 p.m. British time on Thursday. League 1 and League 2 can take loan players until Monday, September 2nd. So there's still players that can go out to third and fourth tier sides. For European clubs... They would also be concluded outbound loads on September second, um, but like the times are are different depending on whatever time zone there is. Um, what about MLS clubs? Uh, their their transfer window ends. Didn't it already end, or is it um, ending? It might uh, end today or yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah. Actually, I think it was today. Um, yeah. yeah. So MLS. I just needs, no needs hope for Akraf Lazard's MLS. Dang Not it, another year. year we've missed out. Yeah, well, it has to be next year. 
Uh, um, so that's that's your update there. It's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens. Tomorrow could be uh, a busy day, and it, and it would be a busy day for the outbound side of things. Um, also, the 25-man roster is being announced tomorrow. So that's, I think, going to go in conjunction with the loan deals that are going to be announced. So it, it should be a pretty interesting one. We're going to... We're going to keep you up to date after the Arsenal match. We'll, we'll update you on all that. So no worries there. Now, let's get to the important info here. Who was the man in the in the shirt at St. James's Park? Who was that Dimba man? Ba. It there was Dimba Ba. So many, there were so many speculations of who it was. I heard a lot of Yosef Salabi shouts. It's not him. <laughs> um, there, there's I can't remember some of the other names. So we, we wanted to ask you, the people, the people, the fans, the listeners of CHN Radio, who is this player but wrong answers only? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you some of the, the best ones. Um, I mean, Eric at Stumanji, the resemblance is uncanny. He just posted a picture of Jack Colback. Um, and and if, you, if you look at the picture, uh, you'll understand why it's probably not Jack Colback. Um Bastos. He's black. That, that's why. <laughs> yeah. He's black and has a, a LeBron James type receding hairline. Um, we have Bass Dost. Same hairline, but Bass is a little white. So, um, Breck Shea, Zach Pensack. That would be hilarious. That was, <laughs> that was, I, I, said, I think I replied to that one. I was like, please. Yeah. Uh, Toon Army Chicago posted a picture of Shola. <laughs> so, that would have been good. Um, Ian. Fontiergro Buckley said Marlon Harwood. <laughs> um, Yo- Johan Gufran finally coming home. I like that. That's from Dustbin Jordy. Um, Robot197 uh, says Denzel Washington. <laughs> Zell coming back. <laughs> so there's some good good shouts there. I said Fabian Cher. Um, but it's neither. The player, I'm very excited to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is Ludwig Frenzelet. Hmm. <laughs> Are a, we sure? He's a U23 signing, uh, central defender. He's, he's 20 years old, French player. Um, he appeared as a trialist, actually, in Newcastle United's U23 preseason game against Hibernian. Um. And he also turned out for St. Mirren against Stenhausmuir a few days earlier. But he's been playing amateur football in France and represented Guadeloupe as a youngster on the national side. But uh, it's he's practicing, he's training with Neil Redfern's U23s. Uh, so it looks like Kyle Scott, Jake Turner, and Ludwig Frenzelet are joining uh, the U23s. Here's the scouting report, courtesy of NUFC blog emailing the fan that commented as Ludwig Francelet on one of their uh, one of their blogs, which is just hilarious. If you haven't seen that, just go to their Twitter, I guess, and you'll see it. It basically someone commented on their article on it saying as Ludwig Francelet saying it's me, which is hilarious. Anyway, uh, they followed up with the guy, and apparently St. Mirren fans are not very fond. Of Ludwig and we're happy to see him leave. So, uh, another ambitious signing by our revamped youth U23 strategy, I guess. 
Well, remember, he's 20 years old, playing in Scotland, and he's from France and Guadeloupe. Like, it's got to be a little bit of a culture shock for a trial, like a one-year trial. <laughs> like, oh yeah, oh yeah. No, talk about culture shock. This is this is off kilter, but Malcolm, R.I.P. That that was awful. You hear about that? Uh, what? He went to Zenit, like the, oh, the yeah, French yeah, yeah. player. Yeah, he went to Zenit, and like his first game, they were like chanting racist things at him, and so he put in a transfer request, like after the match. Yeah. So that's a fat L. Shout out to racism and football still happening. Maybe we should do something about that instead of just make a poster, FIFA. Looking at you. Anyway, so we know that we know who the mysterious man was. It wasn't. Yep. It wasn't. Wasn't Bass Dost. Uh, he. You know, say he makes it up. I mean, Ludwig, and uh, is is pretty nifty name to nickname off of, considering Beethoven is one of the best musical performers of all time. Mm. And composers. So, True. Ludwig, we wish you nothing but the best, buddy. Uh, and, yeah. and you better believe, if you go check out ComingHomeNUFC.com, who's going to give you those U23 reports at the end of every month? It's your boy, ben. Greg Troxel at oh. NUFC underscore Greg. Okay, well, my guess was wrong again. I'm not good at guessing. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so we're going to dive into Arsenal now, uh, but... There's one more thing we need to do before we do that, and it's for you to listen to this message from our friends. So we'll do that right after this. Elijah Toonsome, mm-hmm. it is time for the first match of this season, and we're going to give you, the listeners, every possible thing that you would ever want to know about this matchup. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do cool. it. So let's talk about last year, Newcastle United last year playing Arsenal. How do you think it went? Um, I remember it was frustrating because we could have beaten them, but we didn't. <laughs> we, that, like, each time? I think, I remember the first one. Because, yeah. yeah, I know the first one, I think we lost, maybe was it 2-1 or one nothing or something stupid like that. And maybe the second one was a draw? or maybe, No, the second one was a win. Yeah, so we we lost, we lost two one in our in our home match against yeah. um, Arsenal and uh, the assassin the the set piece assassin, uh, Kieran Clark was a one goal scorer in that match, which like I just love to say because it's like nice to just be able to like you know tell people that like see, Kieran Clark actually scores goals, and then we lost one nothing again. To Arsenal, or just lost again, and that was in December of last I'm, season. I think the second match is the one I'm thinking of that we should have won because yes. we like frustrated the heck out of them. Yeah, yeah, and they it got was, we dominated lucky. that match, and that was really the start of. So that loss was really the start new. of when we when we absolutely turned up. Um, that was pretty much it from there. Like we after after that loss to Arsenal, we beat West Ham. We barely lost to Man City. Drew Brighton, and then it went off. Like we just started doing things to people. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Well, yeah. This is that's great radio. Everyone's, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one part of the podcast that we should just we should just make sure everyone hears that yeah. part. All right. But so yeah. let's go into some lineup predictions. Um, first, we'll do what we think 
Uh, we'll just, I guess, I'll just do a run up of like what Arsenal will probably do. They'll probably run up in a four-three-three. Um, Maitland Niles, Socrates, that I'll call him. Um, Mustafi, Kolansinak, I can't pronounce his name. Torreya, Zaka, Gwenduzi, Otsul, Lacazette, Aubameyang. Um, Bellerin's injured, and Kolseni is out. He's going to Bordeaux. So, uh, Holding is also probably not going to play. And there's a rumor that Lacazette might not play, so we'll see. Um, injuries on Newcastle side is Lejeune and which I think might, he's going to be fine and Yedlin and there's rumor about Richie too. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that too, but I figured I'm not buying Richie or Yedlin because I keep seeing pictures of them both in training. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we had everybody we expected be in the first team. Um, so Speaking of, Elijah, what is your lineup prediction? Well, uh, as confirmed by Jetro Willems, courtesy of Greg Troxell, uh, Newcastle <laughs> are going to roll out of the 5-3-2. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you, Greg, I don't really know what to expect. So we'll, we'll see. Um, well, I'll, but... I'll tell you this, just a quick, I'll, I'll make this quick on 3-5-2. It's really not, when you look at it, so I, I nerded out last night and looked up a few videos on it. It's not different from what Rafa employed at all. It's it's very similar to that system. It's still five in the back defensively, uh, midfield set up the same way. The only difference is, is Almiron's going to be the sole provider in the middle, attacking middle, and then that winger is moving down as a striker. That's that's really the only difference. But everybody else's uh, like their game plan is going to remain effectively the same. There might be like I mean the differences would be Steve Bruce to Rafa like what. Each yes. manager wants them to do in certain situations. But as far as like formation, it's not all that different. But go on. Well, okay, my question is, does that make... So, okay, given that information, I guess there's a midfield pair and not a midfield... Well, there's a midfield trio, but it's two like holding midfielders. Yep. Okay, 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 cool. So that, that leads me to believe that uh, okay, so our, our back line, uh, Dubrovka and goal, obviously. Um, duh. Uh, with uh, probably, I honestly, I'm not certain on the third center back, but my gut says it's going to be Fernandez. Maybe it's Dummett. Yeah. I hope it's Dummett, but I, I, what's the yeah to? I so think it's going to be Fernandez. I'm disagreeing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be Fernandez, even though I don't... I mean, I guess that's that's fine. Uh, it's not a big deal. Uh, Fernandez, uh, Lascelles, and Cher as your middle three with... Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say DeAndre Yedlin's going to play. If not him, Mankio, which is possibly another reason we don't see Mankio get loaned out is that um, DeAndre Yedlin might be injured. And if that's the case, like neither one of them is going to get sold because... No one's buying an injured player unless you're Newcastle and you tried to sign Jordan Lukaku on loan. So that's completely different, by the way. Um, and then um, our left wing back is going to be Jetro Willems, as confirmed by Jetro Willems in various interviews. Um, our midfield will be Almiron in the middle, I guess, uh, with uh, John Joe Shelby and Sean Longstaff behind him. Um I think Shelby's kind of forced his way back into this team. Whether or not he stays there is going to be the real question. 
Um, but I think he'll get the nod from Steve Bruce to go ahead and start this match, uh, just purely on seniority and Longstaff, obviously, because Steve Bruce is going to get slandered if he doesn't start Longstaff. Um, and then up top will be St. Maximin and, uh, well, Island St. Maximon. And St. Gucci Joel Max. And, yeah, St. Gucci Max or Island St. Maximon or Joel and Toon. Uh, well, not or, and Joel and Toon. So uh, we'll see. Um, should be fun. I think that it will be a fun match. Um, I think if I were the manager, I'd put Hayden in instead of Shelby just because Hayden provides a little bit more defensive cover. But I don't know. It'll be a fun match. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty much on the same exact page there. Uh, the the one thing I toyed with, which I was like, I'm not sure what's going to happen, is uh, like the midfield, the 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 DMs, the central midfielders, the holders. Oh yeah. yeah um, it's Longstaff, Shelby, Hayden. Like that's that's where I'm like really stuck up on is like who's going to play out of those two. It's possible that he could do it kind of a different formation of the three five two and play three there. Uh, but that would be really awkward because then there's like, what do you, where do you put Almiron in that formation? So, um, well, you, yeah, yeah, it'd, it'd be really awkward. So, really, that's where why do you I think St. Maximin because I think, I don't know, I feel like Almiron's been start, at least Almiron's been starting or playing most of these matches. St. Maximin just got in, yeah, so I don't even know who would, I don't know, it's weird, yeah, because it could be, it's very conceivable Muto starts and they yeah. still bring. Uh, St. Gucci on as a sub. So a, a lot, that, and that's the hard part, right? Of, of digesting what do you think is going to happen in their first match with a new manager and uh, two very new attacking players and a new <laughs> left back. So it's going to be going to be fun. So let's talk about the match more. Um, what does Newcastle need to do to get three points from this match? Defend and attack on the counter. I'm going to yes. say that every single yes. match this season. <laughs> that's exactly that's, where that's, I'm going with that's, this, man. That's like literally, like you have you have one of the fastest front threes in the Premier League. Like you just have to go full Leicester City, be disciplined in defense, which we know these defenders can do. They've done it before. Um, be disciplined in defense and just attack, attack, attack on the counter. Um, try to frustrate Arsenal as much as possible. Uh, they'll definitely try to send guys forward. They'll bomb guys forward. You have to deal with the bummying and potentially Lacazette, both who do have usually play very well against Newcastle. So those are going to be your two main guys you got to look out for. But um, you know their back line is not the greatest. So just if if they get caught on the counter, like Newcastle has to score and convert every chance because this back line is not good uh, from Arsenal. In the standards of like a top six side, they're not the greatest. Um, and Newcastle legitimately have three good attacking players, so they, they just have to attack on the counter. Yeah, no, for sure. That's exactly what we need to do. We need to – well, one thing to exploit with Arsenal is their defense. It's like that's the big question mark with this team is like they're an absolute wild card on de- on defense. We just have no idea if they're going to be good or not. Um so you, we have to exploit that with speed. Uh, I don't think of of like I mentioned this in the preview or in the emergency pod. I think with with Saint Gucci Max. I think that's where it was. Where I said like I'm not sure. There's only like two, maybe three top six teams that I think can run with us. 
Um, and Arsenal definitely isn't one of them. <laughs> so I think that's a huge advantage for us in, in this match. I hope Steve Bruce has some some breakouts in place. Like I think of this as like you, ha, when you played basketball, like and you did the the three on two. Way to assume I played basketball because I'm black. Just way to assume that. I mean, you're right, but still. <laughs> well, when I played basketball, you did the three versus two, two versus one coming back. Oh yeah. That that's a drill that everybody runs every day. And that's what I hope Steve Bruce is drilling into these guys is a similar formation. Like the three versus two attacking and then whoever the defenders were just break out on the counter. Um, mm. that's a drill that we need to be running to the ground. Uh, yeah. because that's gonna be our offense, it seems. Cool. If you're um, back to counter, then you can do well. Which to be fair, Steve Bruce, that's I wouldn't say Steve Bruce's teams have had stellar talent so they've had to win on the counter so it's something he's used to but uh, all right let's yeah. go on who is the player to watch for newcastle united oh this be will be changer. miguel almiron uh yeah. right now the offense runs completely through him uh on the counter uh especially uh we've seen what he can do when there's especially after set pieces there was a, a moment against Etienne where he took the ball 60 yards off of a set piece uh, after a set piece clearance and just like there was just no one who could catch him so that's gonna be it i mean i think there's there's definitely questions about his finishing but if you've watched him play he oftentimes is more unlucky than just like just a bad finisher like he just some of his shots are just in hard spots and keepers somehow get them or they take a deflection blah 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 so we'll see i think there's a potential he can get his first goal I'm just it's something I can just say every match. So I'm just gonna keep saying that. that <laughs> you, you've been on it to for get a while, his first so. goal. Yeah, I've said it pretty much since he's debuted. So I'm yeah. just sticking with it. It's my brand. Let's go. <laughs> there we go. Uh yeah, it's uh, that's a great, great shout for sure. I'm going with Fabian Cher as a player Whoa. to watch for Newcastle. The reason being is it's gonna be so important to get the ball out once we win the ball. And Fabian is probably our – he's our best ball-playing center back. And the ball is going to be – I know Arsenal is going to attack in the middle uh, when they're trying to finish. And that's going to be on him and the two other center backs. And because he's the best playing one, I'm really going to be looking for him to play the ball to Shelby or play it long down the field. I, I That's all I want. I want the ball to go to Shelby or I want it to go downtown. Because There's, that's yeah. that's how we're going to win on the counter. We need to have somebody who is is the quarterback, who's guiding play, and it's it's going to be share. Willems can do it too, but because I'm assuming he's going to be out wide, and not as many balls are going to get out to him. Uh, I want I want share to really have the awareness to get it to a quarterback to launch it downfield. That's yeah, be and the key. and to be fair, that's something that is that's something that like I I'm hoping and I've been expecting as well because what, part of Miguel Almiron's success in other clubs has been like he's had a ball playing center back that can just send him a good ball over the top and so especially with them kind of lining up on opposite sides of the pitch, those cross field balls, those diagonal balls from Share out out to Almiron or even, you know, straight up the pitch to Shelby, it's just going to be so Beautiful to watch when that works, especially when you guys got you got guys like Joel Intune and St. Maxman running as well. Oh, it's gonna be just moi. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 has the potential, right? We we all see the potential of it. Now like it's they're a fun team to the play with in FIFA. Is, That's what that is. The the problem is we have to we have to hope C Bruce can can bring it out. 
because uh, that's it's really dependent on that. That's that's the crappy thing about the situation right now. So let's yeah, just hope that let's just hope on that he does. That's choice. all we can do is hope that he can bring it out. Yeah. Um, player to watch for Arsenal. So for me here, um, I think the the player that's always kind of killed us is like that pairing of Lacazette Aubameyang. Uh, they're going to run a four three three, and to have like Ozil, Lacazette, and Aubameyang up up top is that's going to be it. Um, so I know I picked more than one player. I just picked their front three. Uh, but that's really it. I mean, <laughs> do you have a different answer? I do, actually. Okay, so good. I'm looking at just – I was just looking to see what FOTMOB thinks about the injuries. And they think Alexander Lacazette is going to be, like, injured, injured. So it looks like he's a, he's going to he's – he has a sprained ankle, but he just returned to training. And, like, I don't know if you want to – Chance to sprain ankle, and so if there's this possibility he doesn't play, Nicholas Pepe, yeah, he's new and he exists, and he's there. He's the signing they spent a lot of money on, even though like Arsenal didn't need wingers or attacking players at all, as we just talked about. They had like three of the best attackers in the Premier League, but they spent money on him, and um, it'll be interesting to see if if he gets a little bit of run. How does that change what they do tactically? I'm imagining that if he doesn't start, he's going to get subbed in to provide a little bit of spark. And does that mean that they're going to go with Ozil in the middle as a cam and sub a midfielder off and allow Ozil to kind of pick his passes? Or are they going to go, um, or are they going to sub off Lacazette and a bumming moves to the striker role? And so they're more counterattacking focus with Pepe as he's another kind of fast, strong winger. So I'm just curious to see how he's going to be utilized. And this will be a good test uh, for, for, him as well as Newcastle because he's going to be facing a team that's going to bunker down and you know that's not something he was used to facing at. How do you say Lille? 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 I, I don't understand. Lille. Lille. Yeah, sure. So I don't know. I'm excited for that too. So yeah, that's my player to watch. A little different from you. Yeah. Gotta no, that's good. Up. Give give the people other options. You know. Mm, um, yes. Yeah. So and and excuse the listener, my dogs are wrestling currently. So if you hear any noises. Oh, good. Uh, they've been always asking to come on the podcast and they make some, some, uh, appearances, but tonight is probably the best chance. Uh, well, so they're pro dog. We're pro dog. We're a pro yeah, dog this podcast. Is definitely, uh, it's a dog friendly podcast for sure. Mm. Amen. Um, there's guarantee of that. Okay. Um, next thing stats. I don't have much for you. Uh, but we haven't won any of our opening league games since defeating Spurs 2-1 to in August of 2012. Um, since then, we've drawn two and lost four. So uh, since since our opening match against Spurs that we won, we drew West Ham 0-0, we lost to Man City 2-0, we drew Southampton 2-0, lost to Huddersfield 2-1, lost to Spurs 2-0, lost to Spurs 2-1. And now, Arsenal. So, not that good. So let's change it. Let's change it. Um, Mm -hmm. Elijah, your match predictions. How does this one end up? 2-1, Arsenal. Any elaboration on that? Who's the goal scorer? I'll get there. Oh, Uh, I guess we have to know who the goal scorer is for Newcastle. Yeah, it's Miguel Almiron. Obviously, 
I I will say this, 2-1 with the potential to be 1-0. I think Newcastle doesn't score more than one goal. I hope they score more than one goal, but I don't think they score more than one goal. I think it's off a counter. I think it's going to be another frustrating match because I think we're going to see a lot of chances um, created. But again, we haven't really seen this front three play together together. So I think that's going to be the reason why we don't see more than one or so goals. Um, and just from open play, Newcastle looked okay, but not anywhere near enough to impress me to the point where I think we're scoring more than one goal against the top six side, etc. Um, I think the goal scores for Arsenal are going to be Aubameyang and Lacazette. Okay. Um, just because they always seem to score against us. So yeah. why not mess with what works? <laughs> yeah. I'm going uh, a little bit more pessimistic from you. I'm going 2-0 Arsenal. Um, it, it's a big F to tell Jolin Tune and St. Gucci Max to come into the Premier League and absolutely like take over Arsenal. So I think that is something that's probably not going to happen. That's my guess. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Sorry to be such a downer initially, there, guys. <laughs> I mean, um, to be fair, we were super optimistic at the beginning of last season, and we proceeded to have the worst start in our in our club's history. Yeah. Because yeah. of us. There's a learning listen curve. To the pod. There, there's yeah. a learning curve with a new manager. He hasn't been there long. He's been there less than a month or about a month now. Um, he's also not no, a great manager. Less than a month. Yeah, and he hasn't done well. And especially against top six sides, so um, I can't until he proves me wrong. We got it. We got it. We're gonna have to see a little bit more. Um, so that's it, Elijah. Is there anything else that you wanted to to say? Yeah, uh, I have one question for you. As we head into, I mean, this episode is going to be released the morning of the transfer deadline day. With all the crazy kind of links we've seen over the past couple of days with Dybala and Lo Celso and all these other kind of big names being flown around, Neymar potentially, what do you think is going to be the shock transfer? Like, if you could just name a player or just a team that makes a splash, like just anything. Um, hmm. So, it, I guess this would kind of be, well, it's not necessarily cheating because it is what I think. Um, I think that um, Dybala goes to Spurs. Okay, I'm I'm kind of in that boat. I kind of think my my tran my my transfer prediction. I guess I just think that Spurs, despite literally having almost no fullbacks. Don't sign a fullback and instead decide to splash the cash on another attacking player. I just don't understand. Like, they legitimately, like, they're playing fourth at right back, who is a center back, and he got injured. And so they're like, all right, well, we literally have, I think they have one right back on their roster now and like two left backs, I think. It's just like, sign anyone, like, literally any, any fullback. Just sign them. Yeah. And you're you're good on attack. Like, you guys made a Champions League final. Like, you guys are not – made a Champions League final with an injured attack. You guys are fine with attacking players. That's not the issue. Defense. Fix that. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think Spurs do a Spurs and, and don't do that. Uh, shout out to Everton for having a confusing transfer window. Once again. Um, yeah, just once again. And shout out to Moise Keane for – being a huge signing for Everton and then saying his goal was to score seven goals this season. So uh, that's uh, that's just like not a good look. Not a good first look, uh, Moise Keane. Yeah, 
bad visual. All right. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, if I think of something, I'll just text you. Cool. And then they'll, they'll just not know. None of the listeners will know about it. They'll We'll just know. There's a lot of things to remember. especially. Oh, I do. Quickly. Is Matt Ritchie a bad guy? Oh, I meant to put that in the news. So we'll just cover that well, right now. Uh, yeah. Actually, I whatever I know what you're going to say, and I completely agree with it, so say it. Okay, uh, Matt Ritchie is not a bad guy. Um, I've, there's a whole discussion about this, but if you don't know, Matt Ritchie basically, uh, it was TalkSport, by the way, first, first rule of thumb, they did the interview, so you know it's going to be trying to basically spin it so they can get a headline. And so we don't actually know the full clip, but a clip was released by TalkSport. They basically started about how Matt Ritchie said, supporters need to back the, the fans. We spent a lot on the window. Mike Ashley's been honest. He can't spin with the likes of the top six, but we're trying. We're really trying. We really want people to support us, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Basically, kind of not in a kind of in a way denouncing the boycotts, but really just saying they want fan support. There are fans that are legitimately mad that Matt Ritchie said this, and we're like, how can you defend Ashley? First and foremost, Matt Ritchie does not have the same exposure to Mike Ashley that all the Newcastle fans do. He's known Mike Ashley for three or four years. Yes, Mike Ashley hasn't been the best, but for the most part, Matt Ritchie's experienced a promotion and finishing mid-table and a fat paycheck, all courtesy of Mike Ashley. So I don't think he has any bad feelings towards Mike Ashley. Ergo, I don't think he's going to ever say anything negatively about him in public. Also, because if you're working, say I work for Amazon and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a director. I'm pretty high up, but I'm not I'm not a big boss. Like Jeff Bezos knows who I am. I'm not going to go out on public in public and say Jeff Bezos is a terrible person who should pay more taxes because that will just get me fired. So you're not going to talk bad about the mouth that feeds you. Wait, no, the hand that feeds you. That'd be weird if the mouth feeds you. That's a baby bird situation. But but yeah, that's essentially my thoughts on Matt Ritchie. Like. Cut him some slack. Um, and Mirza brought up a really good point. He and I were discussing this. If you haven't known Mirza, he's a writer on our site. Um, in all honesty, there are not a lot of fans who are really mad about it. It's just an interesting kind of quip. And like I said, they probably phrased the question in order to trip Matt Ritchie up, in order to create this sort of headline. But uh, Mirza brought up a good point that pretty much regardless of what Matt Ritchie says, the fans are going to love him because he's he's going to go down as like one of the mo- most beloved players at, in Newcastle. Just because these past four seasons, I guess, would be four seasons, going his fourth season. I don't know. He's just worked his butt off for the club and for the team and is always, always, always given 110% regardless. And so um, he's never going to go down as, as saying really anything negative. So those are my quick thoughts on that. And Greg pretty much agrees. Like, don't be mad at Matt Ritchie for one comment he made um, in a slew of whatever. And, of course, as you guys know, players are never going to call for boycotts. They're just not. That's just we've asked Warren Barton about this multiple times. He hates Mike Ashley. He thinks Mike Ashley's the least ambitious owner ever. And he still will never ever say to boycott uh a Newcastle match. So that's it. If you don't know that, if you didn't know that, uh please listen to our Warren Barton podcast. All of them. Yeah. Three of them. Oh, um, yeah, there's three of them. Okay, so that is going to conclude episode 73 of CHN Radio, the Arsenal preview. One thing to remember, especially vital for USA supporters, that the match is on Sunday and Chick-fil-A will be closed. So, oh my gosh, why'd so you remind me? Just, <laughs> you have to remember that before the match starts. 
starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time for you Toon Army Chicagoans out there. Going to start at a nice 7 a.m. for you and our lovely East Coasters with a nice 6 a.m. Oh, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, 6 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Chicago, 9 a.m. East Coast. There we go. Yeah. yeah, have a mint julep or a or a or a what's what's another morning drink? What's not the one a, with the ginger beer? <laughs> it's a bloody mary it, and a mimosa. A bloody, I mean, <laughs> I would drink a mint julep in the morning. It's just that's it's just, refre- it's way it's not, too much. It's refreshing. Oh, oh right. well, yeah. Anyway. Oh, I forgot you're old. I'm I'm a mere twenty two year old. No, you know I just drink my alcohol straight, buddy. A Moscow Mule. You could do a Moscow yeah, Mule. Yeah, that's a good morning. You just turn it to a Kentucky Mule. Pour some whiskey in there. No, let's no. just just three shots of Maker's Mark to get the day going. That's that's how I start. Genuinely, <laughs> I always God. do a Guinness and then three three shots of bourbon, and we're ready to play. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be singing. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for DMing us. I can't wait for this season. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this is the beautiful, sweet town of Bladed Races and Hawaii the Lats. This is
the chine bridge reaching to blade and toon. The bellman he was carrying there, they called him Jackie Broom. I saw him talking to some chaps, and then he was persuading. The Gamsey Jordy really showed the mechanics how it bladed. Quite moody. Coffee Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice stalls and monkey shows and ad wives selling ciders. And a chef with a hat in his own devotion, and no more lads for riders. 